at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, we are free at last. Freedom is an ideal that arguably transcends humanity and can only be given in its highest and purest form by God. Hello. Hello. Have you heard? About what? The battle is about to end. What battle? The great controversy. What's that? Come with me. True freedom is not at a trick. United States of America is a country synonymous with freedom, so much so it earned the title Land of Freedom. While the government may guarantee certain liberties, the scope of their liberty is external. In the spiritual sense of things, while guaranteeing some liberties, the government may further the enslavement of persons who desire to be free to practice habits that harm them and others. Perhaps in their pursuit of freedom on their own terms, they unintentionally created their own form of confinement. The emergence of the Cold War thereafter was a final blow which made it clear that God alone can grant true freedom. Though the fire of Alexandria burned like a volcanic eruption, history still speaks today. The Bible still speaks and God has inspired men to preserve historical records. have the wrong ideas about what freedom means. To understand what freedom means, we must ask the one who gave it originally. God gave freedom to the first humans, Adam and Eve, but gave only restrictions that would endanger the preservation of that freedom. That reservation was based on an eternal law that governed the universe and required obedience to the creator of all. This law is a reflection of God's character and ensures there is law and order in the universe. Some say, if only I could fly like Superman, I would be free. If only I had superpowers, I would be a slave to nobody or nothing. But unrestricted liberty leads to the slavery of our own selves and of others. Angels fly and have superpowers, but it doesn't make them free if they dedicate their powers to self-pleasing disregarding the laws of love and order of the universe instituted by Jehovah.
Satan is an embodiment of all self-pleasing since he does whatever he wants. But doing whatever we please is a freedom that is self-defeating for we become slaves of our own desires, however unreasonable and wicked they may be. The Bible reveals this in the experience of Lucifer, a once holy and highly exalted angel in heaven. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou caught down to the ground, which deeds weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Isaiah 14, 12 through 14. The ambition of Lucifer to be like God had nothing to do with reflecting his character, for he already did at a time. That had to do with a false conception of God-likeness, the desire to be free from being responsible and from obedience to God's commands. This is the same rebellion he has instigated in the minds of humans for ages, who believe unrestricted liberty constitutes true freedom. The desire to be like God, but not in holiness. The desire is reputation, but not his character. The more this supposed freedom is indulged, the more evil this world will become. The Holy Spirit, the third divine person of the Godhead, plays a pivotal role in guiding believers. Its primary functions encompass illuminating the truth, convicting individuals of their sins, and foretelling impending judgment. In our current era, the Holy Spirit's presence is increasingly indispensable. Successful an individual, nation, or country hinges upon embracing the Spirit's influence wholeheartedly. Genuine liberty is achieved when one yields to the constant guidance of the Holy Spirit. In essence, recognizing the Holy Spirit's importance in our lives is paramount as it serves as a compass leading us towards righteousness, reminding us of our shortcomings and offering insight into the consequences of our actions. Embracing the divine guidance is the key to achieving profound spiritual and societal fulfillment. What freedom, what liberty we may experience through the Holy Spirit. Satan's rebellion in heaven, the first record of sin in the universe, took a new turn, deception. Like a political opponent of Christ, he battled to have the allegiance of other angels lower in rank than himself. The Bible relates the following, And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought and his angels and prevailed not. Neither was their place found anymore in heaven. 
And a great dragon was cast out, the old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceived the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Revelation 12, 7 through 9. In the pursuit of unrestricted liberty, Satan took on the character of a dragon and a serpent, that he is a murderer and a deceiver. And so are his protégés, whether fellow angels or humans. The spectrums of faiths and religions is a place of eternal bliss and freedom. However, most beliefs about heaven could be rightly considered fables and legends. It is difficult to pinpoint someone who has gone there in their conscious mind and bodily form and returned to tell us. There are thousands of telltales about heaven from dreams, visions, and near-death experiences, but these cannot be relied upon because the mind can play tricks on us in those moments. Likewise, we may be set up by Satan to have false conceptions of heaven. There is an ongoing spiritual war between good and evil, between God and Satan, and we must be guarded. If there is any truth about heaven, it is that we can be certain it is a place of law and order. True freedom cannot be guaranteed any other way, for where there is lawlessness, there is chaos and anarchy. The great library of Alexandria is believed to have housed a vast collection of scrolls and books covering a wide range of subjects. While the exact contents of the library are not well documented, historical accounts and descriptions suggest that it contained works on various topics including philosophy, science, literature, history, medicine, mathematics, astronomy, politics, and governance religion and mythology, geography and exploration. The library aims to collect and preserve knowledge from various cultures and civilizations of the ancient world, making it a center of intellectual and scholarly activity during its existence. It played a pivotal role in the dissemination and preservation of knowledge in antiquity what a blessing it was to have such a historical site for men fall under bondage and darkness when history is lost but lo it happened that such a library became a center of political siege and target it went down sadly by fire set by men who wanted to bury antiquity knowledge is a key and a power to true freedom though the fire of alexandra burned like a volcanic eruption today to liberate men from the shackles of ignorance. The Bible still speaks and God has inspired men to preserve historical records.
of the amazing works of Homer in the Anoid and the Odyssey is the capture of Troy. Troy was a great city, well defended by its high antique wars, despite the attempt by the Greeks to penetrate into its city for nine solid years. But the Greeks devised a clever strategy to finally penetrate the walls of Troy. They constructed a massive wooden horse known as the Trojan Horse as part of the plan. They pretended to abandon the siege and left the horse at the gates of Troy as an offering to the gods, supposedly to ensure their safe return home. The Trojans, unaware of the Greeks hidden inside the horse, brought it into the city as a symbol of victory. That night, while the Trojans celebrated what they thought was the end of the Greek threat, the Greek warriors hidden within the horse marched, opened the city gates to their waiting comrades who had secretly returned and launched a surprise attack on Troy from within. The elements of surprise combined with the confusion caused by the Trojan horse allowed the Greek forces to gain access to the city and overcame its defenses. This led to the eventual fall of Troy and marked the end of the Trojan War. How sad that what the Trojans thought was freedom marked their tragic end. It is important to be careful about what freedom you seek, for freedom comes only from accepting that which God offers. holds a significant place in European history with the French Revolution standing out as an extraordinary event. During this period, religion came to be seen as a tool of oppression and God was often portrayed as a tyrant. As the world had just experienced a pain from the dark ages with corrupt church leaders leading on to the reformation of the 19th century. This revolutionary era marked the dawn of a new age where humanity itself became the central focus of reverence, essentially elevating man to a quasi-deity. However, the pursuit of freedom led to unforeseen consequences. The streets of Europe were marred by gruesome crimes, including the unthinkable act of cannibalism. This underscores the deep longing for freedom and the sacrifices people are willing to endure to achieve it, it raises the fundamental question to what true freedom truly entails and the lengths to which humanity is willing to go to secure it. Perhaps in their pursuit of freedom on their own terms, they unintentionally created their own form of confinement. The emergence of the Cold War thereafter was a final blow which made it clear that God alone can grant true freedom. Egypt is a country that signifies the bondage of people who freedom beckons to them by the means of God's provision. Slavery may have been greatly curbed in modern times, but the palace of Egyptian lordship over people with great potential is well alive today in the spiritual sense of freedom. Many people do not desire the freedom God offers because they are scared of the unknown and would rather stick with their existing circumstances. Others are worried about their survival and safety and the well-being of their loved ones when faced with the possibility of godly 
freedom. These fears are real, but God already knows these things. And as the good shepherd would not lead us to where there will be no pasture. So long we are committed to the purifying process for us and our loved ones, God would be with us through times of abundance and lack, and he would take care of us. The land of Canaan in Bible times, the land flowing with milk and honey, given to Israel at the end of their Egyptian exodus, is God's promise to give us heaven at the end of life's pilgrimage. There is a lot of applicable lessons from the Israeli experience for those seeking true freedom. Like Israel, on our way to freedom, we will be challenged and even harassed by life's trials and temptations. We would have to resist the allure of retreating to Egypt or settling for less than the pursuit of godly freedom. Sometimes we might suffer life's violent storms, and we need to move on with determination and force. And if we will trust in God's saving power throughout our pilgrimage here, we need not perish on the way. There will be many times when we feel like returning to Egypt, as did Israel, but as long as we march forward in faith, God will always be there for us each step of the way. Like Caleb and Joshua, we must so desire the experience of godly freedom that no obstacle in our path will be too mighty. The island of Patmos is a small Greek island located in the Aegean Sea, southwestern coast of Turkey. Known today for its historical and religious significance, this was the place where the book of Revelation was written by the Apostle John. Emperor Nero had initiated a brutal campaign of persecution against Christians, many of whom were martyred for their faith, including Jesus' disciples. Yet the Apostle John would not recount his belief that Jesus Christ truly came from heaven to save humanity from the penalty of sin. He and many others had witnessed unequivocal proofs, the greatest of these being the resurrection of Jesus Christ and others with him. This was seen by many, Matthew 27, 50-53. While we live a life of godly freedom and have a godly purpose yet to fulfill, we are free from death because God protects our lives. Our path must be a time of our lives where all we have is God. But that will be enough for us because God will be all in all to us and He will provide. The United States of America is a country synonymous with freedom so much so it earned the title, Land of Freedom. This view of the United States of America is steeped in its religious and political history because of its commitment to individual liberty and democracy. The civil rights movement of the 20th century was a test of that commitment leading to the 13th Amendment. Today, the challenge is with LGBTQ plus rights, 
gun control, healthcare, and immigration to name a few. While the government may guarantee certain liberties, the scope of their liberty is external. In the spiritual sense of things, while guaranteeing some liberties, the government may further the enslavement of persons who desire to be free to practice habits that harm them and others. Yes, freedom of conscience must be guaranteed as no human being should be forced by others. However, it is important to emphasize the consequences of our choices, whether on an individual or state level. It is this understanding that is the reason for civil laws and justice. While men's laws and justice might be partial and flawed, God's laws in the judgment of this world shall not. Africa, generally in the West, is considered a barbaric place for different reasons, ranging from poverty to tribal wars, illiteracy, and inadequate social amenities. However, from the 15th century to the mid-19th century, it was not Africa but the West that displayed unrivaled levels of barbarism, never mind a halfling's economic and educational advantages at the time. Barbarism is a disease of the mind not merely a reflection of one's environment. Thousands of years ago, the Jewish prophet Jeremiah penned these words under the inspiration of God. The heart of man is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Jeremiah 17 verse 9. Though no human can know it, God knows it and only he can provide a way out. God has made the worst of men become the best of men in every time and dispensation. In Africa and across the world and still does today if we will seek him with all our heart. Really, does anyone in modern history remind us of the ideas of true freedom than Martin Luther King Jr.? A Christian and Baptist minister, he drew inspiration from the life and teachings of Jesus Christ. His I Have a Dream speech embodies many ideas of the gift of freedom from oppressive entities, whether physical, mental, or emotional, caused by the reign of false freedom. Indeed, the slave masters were slaves to another master sin. All of us, without the intervention of a higher power, are naturally slaves of sin. Yet we need not remain slaves. God stepped into history in the person of Jesus Christ 2,000 years ago to make us free indeed. Jesus Christ offers true freedom from the enslavement of sin and the woes of sin and not freedom in enslavement to sin as championed by the world. In regards to the sins that easily beset us, we may heckle in our lifetime Martin Luther King Jr.'s words, free at last, free at last, thank God Almighty, I am free at last.
through heat and dust, Gandhi and his followers entered the village Dharamshala for the night's rest. Mahatma Gandhi stands as an enduring symbol of non-violent resistance and his quest to liberate India from the grip of colonial oppression was a journey like no other. It's a captivating tale of self-imposed suffering as a form of protest, a testament to the power of woman's unwavering resolve. Gandhi went through fasting, using his own hunger as a tool to awaken the nation's conscience. His iconic salt march spanning 240 miles to the Arabian Sea showcased his unyielding dedication, each step telling the story of courage and defiance into the annals of history. All of this was for the singular purpose of achieving freedom, and indeed India ultimately gained its independence thanks to one man's unshakable determination. In light of this incredible legacy, one can't help but reflect how resolute are we in the pursuit of a higher freedom from self and sin. Demonstrations against the South African government's strict apartheid policies flare into shocking violence. At Sharpsville, an industrial township, thousands gather outside a police station in protest against new laws requiring every African to carry a pass at all times. In modern times, we may think of Nelson Mandela as a giant figure of anti-slavery and anti-oppression in South Africa. Throughout his life work, apartheid, a system of racial segregation and oppression based on skin color in South Africa, was abolished in the years 1991 to 1994. Despite the controversies around his faith, Mandela's experience was largely informed by his Christian beliefs and background. 27 years of imprisonment did not silence this man. In regards to the oppression of sin, we cannot throw in the towel. Gaining freedom is always a costly matter and of course, it requires a protest against oppressive authorities. We cannot safely embrace the destructive power of sin in our lives and yet expect to be free. Fifty-five B.C. Julius Caesar is leading eight Roman legions, a total of 40,000 men north through Gaul, a Roman province encompassing modern France, Belgium, and Switzerland. Veni, vedivisi is a Latin word meaning I came, I saw, I conquered, which was penned by Julius Caesar after one of the victories during a year-long civil war that broke out due to his decision to cross the Rubicon River. An ancient law prevented any general from crossing this stream into Italy with an army. To do so would be an act of treason against Rome. But Caesar was faced with a difficult decision to either obey the Roman Senate to give up his command and face trial or march south and risk plunging the Republic into civil war. Well, he did march south in his pursuit of freedom, which led to the civil war. He rose to power, was nicknamed the Dictator for life to carry out reforms, but this king-like title was a worry for those who supported the Republic. 
and the Senate feared their power would be weakened. Cicero wrote, Do you see the kind of man into whose hands the state has fallen? On March 1544 BC, the Edes of March, Severus tapped Julius Caesar to death as he entered the Senate. Was this a just cause for freedom? Men seemed to be at odds with one another for supremacy, disguised as freedom. In reality, true freedom is supremacy against self, which is not recognized by those who seek worldly freedom. <laughs> the gladiators were men who fought in a deadly game, a fight to death. Some were slaves or criminals who were trained in special schools. Before the battle began, they exclaimed to the emperor, We who are about to die salute you. They either fight each other or wild animals. If a gladiator was lucky, he survived to win his freedom. What a price to pay for a temporary freedom. For efficiencies, Vestov declares, for we rest not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And the easy to read version says in verse 13, that is why you need to get God's full armor. Then on the day of evil, you will be able to stand strong. And when you have finished the whole fight, you will still be standing. We encourage to fight the good fight of faith that we may find freedom at the end of life's turning when we come face to face with the gladiator of death. The Colosseum was opened in AD 30 by Emperor Titus. It had about 50,000 people. In the arena, men and wild animals fought to death. It was a cruel form of entertainment as the people laughed and mocked during the fight. In AD 70, the temple at Jerusalem was destroyed and the whole city soon fell into the hands of Romans. Yet the gospel of Christ, the new faith, Christianity, was proclaimed at every corner. Nero rose to power and blamed Christians for the great fire of Rome in AD 64, leading to persecution as a scapegoat for political reasons. He was brutal and the Colosseum became a spot for the death of Christians for centuries. Ellen White penned in the book The Great Controversy, page 40, paragraph 1, vast multitude assembled to enjoy the sight and greeted their dying agonies with laughter and applause. But these were martyrs for Christ's sake. They sought for a freedom that this world could not afford and gained a success that this world did not comprehend. For they shall be caught forth to life at the second appearing of Christ and the plots of heaven. Booker T. Washington, a 19th century U.S. educator, once said, Success is to be measured not so much by the position that one has reached in life as by the obstacles which he has overcome.
It is immensely important to remember that religious edifices do not offer freedom. During the Protestant Reformation of the 16th century, when the young German monk Martin Luther stood up against the ills and oppression of the Church of Rome, it spelled the end to one of the greatest religious slaveries ever known. As a monk and university professor, Luther had access to the scriptures for his study while performing church rituals one day. In order to experience freedom from sin, the verse, the just shall live by faith, reverberated in his heart. It began a reformation in his own life before he wrote the 95 Thesis and nailed it to the door of the Catholic Church in Wittenberg, Germany, challenging the sales of indulgences for the forgiveness of sins and all the unbiblical traditions of the papacy. During this defining period of Christianity's history, when the Bible was withheld from the common people as a tool of control by the Roman Catholic Church, God raised Martin Luther. Unless I am convinced by scripture and by plain reason, and not by popes and councils who have so often contradicted themselves, my conscience is captive to the word of God. To go against conscience is neither right nor safe. I cannot. And I will not. Recant. Here I stand. I can do no other. God help me. Come no closer. Put off your shoes from your feet, for the place whereon you are standing is holy ground. Put off your shoes. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, of Isaac, of Jacob. I have surely seen the affliction of my people that are in Egypt. I have heard their cry. I know their sorrows. And I have come down to deliver them and to bring them out of that land unto a good land, flowing with milk and honey. Now, therefore, behold, I will send you unto Pharaoh, that you may bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. God has always raised people wherever the gift of freedom is needed. However, they themselves must first experience this freedom in their lives, proportionate to the task before them. Thousands of years ago, Moses had to make a choice between being an Egyptian prince with all the pleasures it offered, or fulfilling God's purpose for him to be a leader in Israel, a nation of slaves at the time. On every hand, sacrifices of life-changing proportions are to be made. At the crossroads of freedom, this is what it often looks like. God in his wisdom took Moses through a difficult experience of 40 years in the wilderness 
as a shepherd, to equip him as a servant leader for one of the greatest deliverances from slavery ever known. Freedom is an ideal that arguably transcends humanity and can only be given in its highest and purest form by God. Yet the existence of God has been argued for centuries. On the one side are the creationists and on the other side are the evolutionists. However, the well-documented historical accounts of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ is the single most extraordinary account of someone we have closest to God. These accounts are less surrounded by speculations as is the theory of evolution and are founded in extra biblical sources as true. Indeed, Jesus Christ declared himself to be the Son of God, the Savior of all humanity, the hope of a world without wars as we now know because of sin. It is noteworthy that Jesus in his humanity experienced this freedom himself despite experiencing different extremes of life, from his life of poverty to his triumphant entry as the King of Kings to his gruesome death by crucifixion to his resurrection and glorious ascension to heaven, Jesus demonstrated an unparalleled life of freedom from sin. If anyone ended the title, the sinless one, it was him, and history corroborates this. Even his execution for blasphemy at the hands of Pilate and religious leaders is related by Josephus, a renowned historian and others more, to have been a kangaroo justice. Contrary to popular beliefs today, the testimony of the scriptures revealed clearly Jesus Christ could have sinned. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize and understand our weaknesses and temptations, but one who has been tempted, knowing exactly how it feels to be human in every respect as we are, yet without committing any sin. Hebrews 4.15 This freedom Jesus experienced from sin is offered to us. But like him, we must be continually filled with the Holy Spirit and choose a life of daily surrender, obedience, relentless prayer, and commitment to the revealed Word of God. of the positions and movement of celestial bodies often associated with predicting human affairs and natural events. Some believe it can offer insights into personality traits and life events based on the positions of celestial bodies at the time of one's birth. People turn to astrology seeking guidance or a sense of control in an uncertain world. 
Though some may assume that the concept of freedom is subjective and varies among individuals, God has an objective plan for man's freedom. The quest to understand one's purpose in life does not lie in astrology, as they are only but man's prediction and limited. The Bible is clear about where we come from, what we should be doing, and where we are going. Isn't that a better assurance? Like as a father pitied his children, so the Lord pitied them that fear him. For he knoweth our frame, he remembereth that we are but dust. Psalm 103, verse 13 to 14. God, the creator of celestial bodies, holds the ultimate solution to life's puzzle. He will prepare us to seek a vision for our lives that is centered on true freedom and offering others the same opportunity. Give me Scotland or I die, were the words of the Scottish reformer John Noss. It was a vision statement that prepared him to approach Scotland with manly courage. Noss's influence extended beyond the pulpit. He actively participated in political and ecclesiastical affairs, contributing to the formation of a Protestant government in Scotland. By combining religious conviction with political engagement, Noss left an indelible mark on the Scottish Reformation, laying the groundwork for the establishment of Protestantism as the dominant faith in Scotland. What a vision from a man who was persecuted and imprisoned. He gave up the pulpit and made the streets of Scotland his pulpit. Like Noss, having a clear vision provides a sense of purpose and the freedom that comes from pursuing something meaningful. What vision guides you? God's vision or astrology? Neverland is a fictional place created by British author J.M. Barry in his famous play and novel Peter Pan. The concept of Neverland represents symbolic elements like eternal childhood, adventure, imagination, dream, and fantasy. Overall, Neverland has become a symbol of the eternal longing for the innocence and wonder of childhood and a desire to escape the constraints and responsibilities of the adult world. The late king of pop, Michael Jackson also, named his famous home and amusement park Neverland after the fictional world of J.M. Barry as he was a fan of the story. We can excuse Michael Jackson for loving the concept of Neverland because we also sometimes miss the wonder and freedom of childhood. However, this desire or even the passion to recreate such a fictional place in the real world as did Michael Jackson falls short. If we live long enough, we will die. Our possessions will grow old someday or might be lost to war or thieves. 
Our desire to be free must not be fictional in nature, and we must seek tested and proven answers. History reminds us of the only man on record to have conquered death and also left the world he is coming back as the judge of this world. Secret to the judgment, Jesus will make all things new and the true Neverland will be the home of the righteous. famous, they will be free. But Osama bin Laden was once the most famous man in the world and remained relatively so until his death. Yet his life largely constituted running from place to place, never mind numerous murders and terrorism. A close look at his life revealed a man who could not have rest of mind. Many famous people experienced clinical depression and addicts to destructive habits which goes to show that true freedom is not at the table of fame and fortune. Disney World, the place where children teenagers and young adults hope to belong. The franchise that releases movies targeted at the same age groups and has grown into a multi-billion dollar industry from this business. The selling point of Disney is its ideology of fairies, babies, princesses and princesses and others more who experience unreal liberties in the magical world. It has been a successful business strategy, however, at the expense of true liberties. Over the years, there has been allegations of sexual misconducts and sexual harassment of minors within Disney, and it's not any better today. There have been tons of complaints and allegations by parents, legal suits, including a well-publicized $20 million suit by a parent over alleged sexual assault of a three-year-old daughter while on a Disney cruise ship. Sexual predation and human trafficking by Disney employees have also been reported in the news. The liberty promoted by Disney is a liberty that does not dwell on real-life issues and seems sickness in an increasingly broken world, and its adherents are bound to experience the slavery of sin on the third. To gain freedom, pirates live their lives at sea, away from the most of the world. These individuals dedicate their lives to attacking ships, hijacking vessels, and plundering their cargo and crew. While living a life of supposed liberty, it is their occupation to deny others of their liberties and freedom at sea. Even at sea, seen as a master and bears sway over us, they only live away from the rest of the world. As long as sin is not read from the heart, when the opportunity presents itself, monks and ascetics will champion the desires of Satan. 
This shows that the liberty we need is beyond the sea, land, space, or wherever. It must begin in the heart. life at sea like those in the Navy or transatlantic traders. Having food and water and being far away from the rest of the world, there is a sense of freedom. Indeed, being in the middle of the Atlantic may generate a feeling of freedom. But when the ocean billows roar, what is our ultimate response? Do we despair beyond measure because we feel our freedom may end there? Or do we have a freedom that has defeated even death? Deadly freedom extends beyond this life, fully aware that the one who gives it conquered sin and death for us, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Alcohol is increasingly a staple in the diet of masses globally, even though it has no nutritional benefits. Today, science, including a 2016 report in the National Geographic, has shown that even moderate alcohol consumption is hazardous to our health. A 2023 news report in the Washington Post reads, quote, Despite a long-held belief that moderate amounts of alcohol are good for you, a sweeping new analysis finds that the more you drink, the higher your risk of early death. End of quote. The value of alcohol is measured in damaged kidneys and livers, depressed entities, sexually transmitted diseases, broken marriages and relationships, and financial problems. Yet, the global alcohol industry is estimated to be worth hundreds of billions of dollars annually. The question that begs for an answer is, why? Well, there is not one answer to that question. For one, most people don't remember the part that says drink responsibly because it is addictive in nature. They start small and then graduate to larger portions until they are carried away by the herb of liquor. Also, alcohol companies promote their products in attractive ways that suggest their consumers are people of status, class, and charisma. These subliminal advertisements play on the minds of their consumers who want to be identified with such qualities of alcohol consumption regardless of the health, moral, or financial implications. Further, alcohol helps many to deal with life's challenges by giving them a momentary sense of freedom. God has better ways to deal with life's issues and invites us into an experience of godly freedom. He warns, wine alcoholic is a mocker, strong drink is raging, and whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. Proverbs 20 verse 1. Although smokers are liable to die young, 
and to experience cancers, respiratory diseases, cardiovascular diseases, weakening the immune system, amongst others. Smokers prefer to enjoy the movement. It is the fact that smoking is never good for us and it is not worth the escape it gives us from stress and life's problems. If anything, it ensures we do not employ constructive methods to deal with life's real issues, leading to secondary problems such as financial burdens due to addiction to nicotine. The value of cigarettes is at the cost of your freedom. And although worldly freedom may not care about its dilapidating effects, godly freedom cares. There are various resources and support programs available to help with smoking cessation. Many of them incorporate biblical principles like fasting, hard work, meditation, patience, volunteering, service, and others more. Run towards Jesus and not away from Him. Breathe is life-changing presence. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Has been considered by many the cure to all their slavery. It makes sense that the more money we have, the more we can do without the all too familiar limitations of money. Modern society cannot function without money in circulation as it is the standard of buying and selling, which often equals survival. The Bible describes in the book of Revelation, particularly chapters 10 through 16, a mandate to force the inhabitants of this world to receive a mark of eternal damnation in exchange for the ability to buy and sell. Many who love money today are preparing themselves to receive this fearful mark. Many will do anything for the legal tender, even if it means selling their soul. First, money in and of itself is nothing but a means of trade, just like battle was in the olden days. We all need money if we want to trade in modern society. The love of money, however, can lead us into dangerous grounds, because we estimate it above ideas like character, hard work, faithfulness, godliness and uncountability. The result of this is that money takes possession of our minds, becoming the all-consuming essence of our lives, an idol, an end in itself, or perhaps the highest purpose of life. When this happens, where do we place God and His Word? The Bible warns us that for the love of money is the root of all evil which why some coveted after they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. 1 Timothy 6 verse 10 The Bible's testimony is true because both in the old times and even now, the love of money has led to untold evil in our world. Money rituals abound today in modern society. People join secret societies and leaders in government offices sacrifice the well-being of their citizens all for money. 
Yeah, the lives of those who do anything for money reveal who is their master. And one who is a slave to money is soon a slave to other self-destructing habits and addictions purchased with that money. God has a better way, reminding us to pray to have our needs met and to make money in honest fashion, which gives us the ability to use it in productive ways and to support others who are in need as well. A self-sacrificing life will prove a much happier life not riddled with addictions and the enslavement that accompany a worship of money. Did you know gaming disorder is a World Health Organization recognized disease? All over the world, it is clear that gaming technologies have taken over the life of adolescents irrespective of status and background. Glued to their phones, game consoles, or computers, adolescents can spend hours, days, and nights gaming even though it interferes with other areas of life, like family, relationships, school, work, and sleep. Why games can be employed for educational purposes? It is the entertainment appeal that often leads to addiction among the young and old alike. I used to be addicted to PlayStation and mobile video games because it provided an escape from the real-world stress and difficulties and provided my brain with much-needed pleasure hormones. Soon, I started losing sleep over these games and it actually became stress-inducing and made me lose interest in real-life activities. Why video games may offer a significant distraction from life's issues, they lead to other life issues, including addictions and broken relationships. Godly freedom empowers us to deal with life's issues, not escape them and a committed relationship with Christ may as well be the beginning. One in ten children have viewed pornography by the time they are nine years old Research by the Children's Commissioner for England has found. Yahoo News Report, 2023. Sexual clothing movies, music videos, and pornography are easily accessible today, as is their non-sexual counterparts. That alone in itself is alarming. The belief that sex is a pure gift from God, given in the context of marriage, for reproduction, pleasure, and bonding between married couples has long become a lost institution. Today, sex is a common commodity, far from what God desired it to be. Thanks to the abuse of media and the internet by producers of sexual contents who exploit the unconverted sinful human heart for their intents and purposes. One thing is certain, the world is not happier, safer, better, healthier, 
and more spiritually minded for its abuse of sex. In actuality, the world is more sick and worse for it, which reveals that God's purposes are the checks and balances and the appropriate context for the beautiful institution of sex. Although Satan has corrupted the beautiful institution of sex and has sought to turn the blessing of God for copies into a curse, there is hope for us. God has indeed saved many from addiction to sex and sexual contents, and you can be one of those if you seek for Him beginning today with all your heart. God is able to free us if we desire to experience His blessings in the way He designed. Our escape route is a conversion of heart and mind that is a true saving relationship with God. Get acquainted with His Word. His many promises in the Bible can ignite hope in your heart today. Free at last! Free at last! Thank God Almighty, we are free at last! Welcome to Freedom News. Today's headlines. At least 160 dead and 300 wounded after attacks by armed gangs in Nigeria. Israel-Gaza war live. Israeli forces bombard Khan Yunis as Gaza officials say nearly 200 killed in 24 hours. Nipper earthquake survivors dying in tents as temperatures plunge. Russia-Ukraine war live. Ukraine launches airstrikes on Russia's Belgorod and Bransk regions. Pope says Roman Catholic priests can bless same-sex couples. In a BBC featured article on December 18, Pope Francis has allowed priests to bless same-sex couples a significant advance for LGBT people in the Roman Catholic Church. The leader of the Roman Catholic Church said priests should be permitted to bless same-sex and irregular couples under certain circumstances. But the Vatican said blessings should not be part of regular church rituals or related to civic unions or weddings. It added that it continues to view marriage as between a man and a woman. Pope Francis approved a document issued by the Vatican announcing the change on Monday. The Vatican said it should be a sign that God welcomes all. But the document says priests must decide on a case-by-case basis. The BBC document concluded saying the declaration represents a softening of tone from the Catholic Church. In 2021, the Pope said priests should not bless him, says marriage, because God cannot bless him. However, in October 2023, Pope Francis has suggested in October that he was open to having the church bless same-sex couples. General Dwight D. Eisenhower, then the Supreme Commander of the Allied Expeditionary Force in Europe, together with Generals Patton and Bradley, arrived to inspect the camp for themselves. 
After his visit, Eisenhower cabled, The things I saw beggared description. The visual evidence and the verbal testimony of starvation, cruelty, and bestiality were so overpowering as to leave me a bit sick. I made the visit deliberately in order to be in a position to give first-hand evidence of these things, if ever, in the future. There develops a tendency to charge these allegations merely to propaganda. In the darkest chapter of human history, a dreadful slaughter unfolded during World War II. The Holocaust. Blood flowed like streams through the streets, painting a gluesome scene impossible to perfectly describe. Led by Adolf Hitler, the Nazis orchestrated the systematic persecution and murder of 6 million Jews, along with millions of other innocent lives, fell victim to the horrific genocide. The roots of this tragedy lie in the Nazis' deep-seated anti-Semitic beliefs and extreme nationalism. Jews were falsely blamed for societal problems, becoming the primary target of a racist ideology that deemed them inferior. Discriminatory laws and relentless persecution paved the way for the unimaginable. The systematic genocide of 6 million Jewish lives. Behind such a devastating movement was a distorted sense of false freedom. A toxic ideology that blinded individuals to the all-encompassing love of God. The Holocaust stands as a stark reminder of the consequences of forfeiting the laws of God as instructed in the scriptures. Man has to acknowledge the supremacy of God in order to respect human freedom to life and to cherish the inherent value of every human life. Humanity seems to be on a quest for something. Humans, they say, is incurably religious. Even the atheist is on a quest. The Muslim is on a quest. The Gnostic is equally on a quest for something as well as the Christian. One underlying purpose is freedom. This as well led to the New Age movement which emerged in the 20th century with a diverse spiritual and metaphysical belief system. It is the idea of a spiritual awakening, a shift from consciousness and awareness. It portrays a heightened sense of inner peace, self-discovery, and a connection to spiritual existence. It offers a transformative journey towards a more expansive and enlightened state of being. Why thousands have embraced this movement for its perceived beauty? There appears to be a contradiction in the path to enlightenment and peace of mind. This lies in the fact that humans cannot create peace, nor can they create enlightenment. It doesn't lie within the power of self. If self could offer these things, then there would be no quest for something. You cannot give what you don't have. That means that we must rely on a being that does not have our constraints to have true peace of mind and enlightenment. Universal consciousness is a big word that doesn't mean much. As the universe doesn't exist by itself, it has a designer. 
History tells us about a Messiah called Jesus Christ. He alone is the key to what men are desperately looking for. Obedience to God's method alone can generate complete peace and enlightenment. It's also surrender to Christ's sacrifice on the cross as penalty for sin can bring true peace and freedom from self. And this alone can bring true enlightenment. Human enlightenment is limited. We can't know more than is revealed. Deviating from established rules and creating personal rules away from that of the Creator signifies selfishness, potentially fueling greed and distortion on a global scale, leading to chaos and disorder. Total obedience to God's commandments alone can bring us peace and enlightenment. Seek after such freedom. What we have just heard reveal the stark reality. That is, there are thousands of prisons and detention facilities worldwide. These facilities vary greatly in terms of size, capacity, and purpose. Some are small local jails, while others are large penitentiaries or maximum security prisons. These prisons house convicts, and many are thankful to have never been in one or even pity those who are confined to these places. Yet, the prison of sin, fears, and addictions are centered in our minds. We can walk about as free men, yet we are slaves to our sins or destructive habits and addictions. Why this statement not care as long as we are not convicted of any crime? God's standards are way higher, and He is interested in our freedom from such things that enslave us mentally, physically, and spiritually. Thus, we must embrace true freedom. God loves us too much to leave us where He meets us in all forms of slavery of mind and body, particularly a place of enslavement caused by sin and addictions. In and through only one life can true freedom be found because of the hope held out to humanity by sinless life, sacrificial death, and glorious resurrection. While history is riddled with stories of men and women who sought freedom or to give others freedom, they have been limited in their scope. Jesus is on record to have said, I am the bread of life, the living water and the light of life. As each of these things are crucial to life, so is the freedom he offers us crucial to our otherwise spiritual hunger, thirst and darkness. The biblical and historical Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And this word sums up the greatest gift to lost humankind. He was born in an obscure village, a child of a peasant woman. He grew up in another obscure village where he worked in a carpenter's shop until he was 30. Then for three years, he was an itinerant preacher. He never had a family or owned a home. He never set foot inside a big city. He never traveled 200 miles from the place he was born. He never wrote a book or had an office. He did none of the things that usually accompany greatness. While he was still a young man, the tide of popular opinion turned against him. His friends decided him. He was turned over to his enemies. He went through the mockery of a trial. 
he was nailed to a cross between two thieves. While he was dying, his executioners gambled for the only piece of property he had, his coat. When he was dead, he was taken down and laid in a borrowed grave. Nineteen centuries have come and gone, and today he is still the central figure for much of the human race. All the armies that ever marched, all the navies that ever sailed, and all the parliaments that ever sat, and all the kings that ever reigned, put together, have not affected the life of man upon this earth as powerfully as this one solitary life. It has been rightly observed of the famous verse, John 3, 16. For God, the greatest giver, so loved the greatest motive, the world, the greatest number, that he gave the greatest act, his only begotten son, the greatest gift, that whosoever, the greatest invitation, believes in him, the greatest opportunity should not perish, the greatest deliverance, but have everlasting life, the greatest joy. Choosing today and choose the highest ideals of freedom ever known. Here I stand. I can do no other. God help me. Thank mm-hmm. you.